Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever served in a particular calling or worked a particular job that required you to see things in a way that is different than others might see them? I bet there's a good chance you probably have. If God has called you, for example, to be a mom or a dad, he's also called you to see your children in a way that others do not see them, to pick up on their subtle cues, to understand what a particular facial expression means, to know a particular tone of voice and what it communicates, that something's going on inside your child's heart. If God has called you to be a farmer or a gardener, someone who works with nature and with plant life, you've probably developed the ability to see things that the rest of us naturally don't see. Little signs in the plants themselves or in the soil to indicate whether a plant might be healthy or sick, uh, whether it will yield abundantly or sparingly this year. God has called you to work with vehicles. You can probably look into an engine block and see potential issues much more clearly than the average Joe, including people like your pastor. God has called you into a healthcare profession. It's likely that you can look at a person, view their movement, observe their symptoms, and come to some conclusions about that person's well-being that the average Joe might not immediately recognize. With so many professions and callings, we become more skilled and useful as we learn to see the world from a particular lens, as we learn to pay attention to information that others might naturally dismiss. So what might it look like to see the world as a Christian? as a follower of Jesus? Are we, who have been baptized into Christ, supposed to see things differently than those who do not know him? Well, if you've been a follower of Jesus for any length of time, you would answer, yes. But what does it mean? What does it really look like to see the world with the vision of a Christian. Today, our gospel reading from John chapter 1 helps us to do just that. It's the account of Jesus calling some of his first disciples, men who are being invited not just to follow Jesus, but in following him to see everything in a new and different way. Today's reading uh, begins in John 1, verse 43, but I'd actually like us to go backwards a little bit uh, to some of the verses immediately before this one. Uh, There we have John the Baptist speaking with two of his followers, two of his disciples. As he's speaking to them, they see Jesus passing by. John points him out and says, Behold, the Lamb 
of God. And here, the theme of seeing things differently has already taken hold. For what we know from other places, it seems that Jesus is a pretty ordinary-looking guy. In fact, that's even prophesied about him in Isaiah chapter 53. Uh, We hear that Jesus has no form or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should be drawn to him. In other places of the Gospels, it seems like that bears out. For example, when Jesus uh, preaches in his hometown of Nazareth, and he preaches with power and authority, the people are surprised. They didn't see it coming. They think he's an ordinary guy, just like one of them. And yet John, in his interaction with Jesus, has now come to see him differently. For in the Jordan River, the heavens had been opened. The Spirit had descended. He had heard the voice of the Father. You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. John now saw Jesus differently. He saw him as he really was, with the new eyes of faith. Behold, the Lamb of God. Behold, the one through whom God will deal with the problem of sin and evil forever. Behold, And behold, they did, those disciples of John. Not only that, but they left John and they started following Jesus. One was Andrew, who in turn went and found his brother, Simon, whom Jesus decided to rename Peter. The next day, we're told that Jesus finds Philip, who happens to be from the same town as Andrew and Peter. Jesus says to him, follow me. And it's clear that in that moment, God has blessed Andrew with the gift of new vision as well. Perhaps because of what uh, Andrew and and Peter had said. Consider uh, Philip's description of Jesus as he goes and he seeks out Nathanael. This is what uh, Philip says about Jesus. John 1, verse 45. He says, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Jesus calls Philip. And with the call comes a new way to see. John calls Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Philip calls him the one who fulfills the writings of the law and the prophets, the one in whom all the promises of God are going to come true. The promises of a Messiah, a Savior King who will rescue his people from their sin. Nathaniel seems intrigued, but highly skeptical. From Nazareth? Really? What comes out of Nazareth? Certainly nothing good. Philip's reply? Come and see. Nathaniel arises and goes to meet this Jesus. And when he does, contrary to his initial expectations, his entire way of seeing life is also changed forever. Jesus 
reveals his divine knowledge of Nathanael's character and his whereabouts. And Nathanael is suddenly convinced. And that belief opens up Nathanael to see ultimately even greater things than that. Jesus said, are you, are you impressed? Do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You're going to see greater things than these. Jesus says, you're going to see the heavens opened. The angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In the Old Testament, Jacob had seen a vision like that. Jacob was the son of Isaac, the grandson of Abraham. Been fleeing for his safety from his brother Esau, was out in the wilderness, and one night he saw a vision just like that. The heavens opened, stairway from heaven to earth, and the angels of God ascending and descending. Now Jesus comes along and says to Nathanael that you're going to see such a scene in a whole new way. Instead of a stairway, you see me. For you see, Nathanael, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This Jesus is no ordinary man. He's the way. Everything changes when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see who Jesus really is. No longer can he exist in our minds simply as an interesting historical figure or as one important voice among many. No longer can we even really just call him an important part of our lives. For when we see him as he is, we come to understand that he is the entirety of our life, that he's at the center of everything, that all things hold together in him. Nathaniel began that day intrigued but skeptical. By the end of the day, he saw nothing but Jesus. Nothing mattered anymore except to follow after him. How about you? Have you been trained to see all of life in a new way because of Jesus? There are a few ways in which I believe God trains us to see differently. As Jesus calls us to follow him, he invites us to look past external appearances, to see what he's really doing through eyes of faith. Just as he met the first disciples as uh, an ordinary-looking man from a very ordinary town. So he comes and meets us in ways that outwardly often seem unspectacular. Think about those things that we Lutherans call the, the means of grace, the, the vehicles by which God brings his, his gifts, his forgiveness, and his love to us, the good news. We splash a little water on a baby's head. And yet the Holy Spirit trains us to see so much more. God joining that child to Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. A washing that forgives the sin that would have separated us from God forever. An act of adoption that gives us a new name and a place in God's own family. Week 
after week, we hear the good news of what Jesus has done for us, and yet you hear that news over and over again from an unextraordinary person, a mid-30s pastor who definitely does not have all of life figured out. Or our kids will hear it from a Sunday school teacher who loves her kids but may not be a public speaker by profession. Or they hear it from a mom or a dad who themselves struggle with patience and distraction. Or we hear that good news from a friend who shares some of the very same weaknesses that we have. And then, having heard that good news, we come forward to see, receive a little piece of bread, a little sip of wine. So ordinary, if it weren't for Jesus' own promise that he's present in the meal, bringing us his forgiveness and strength. We experience weakness, but God invites us to see in it something new, an opportunity for him to show his faithful strength. We suffer, and yet in that suffering, God invites us to see in that journey an opportunity to learn to trust him more. We experience death, but God invites us to see even that moment in a different light through the lens of Jesus' own death and resurrection. It's the gateway to eternal life. Not only do we see what God is doing through Jesus with eyes of faith, but then we also come to see the people around us in a different way as well, to begin to see them as Jesus sees them. No longer are they just the abrasive co-worker, or the political opponent, or the rebellious child. Rather, that person is beloved, dearly loved, treasured by God. They struggle with the same problem of sin that we struggle and face, even if their temptation might be a different one than ours is. And they are people for whom Jesus came, for whom he lived and suffered and died. They are fearfully and wonderfully made, and they, like we, are meant to know God's great love for them, so that they might trust that love and flourish as members of God's family. We see others differently. Finally, as we follow Jesus and as he sends us out, we come to learn more and more what others are meant to see as they look at us. They're meant to see Jesus. And Jesus isn't put on display primarily through beautiful buildings, though those buildings can serve a purpose. Jesus isn't put on display through us because we are fit and beautiful and put together. Rather, people see Jesus in us as we ordinary men and women, boys and girls, live out of a courageous humble character with self-giving love empowered by the holy spirit who lives inside of us that's what jesus said he said by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another come and see that's what philip said to nathaniel come and see 
That's what God's Word says to you and to me today. May God the Holy Spirit continue to work in His church, that more and more we would see Jesus in this epiphany season, and more and more that others would see Jesus through us. In His name, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep our hearts and minds today and always in Christ Jesus, through whom we see so much more than expected. Amen.